0: Ashley Brock, reading Oral Roberts' book, Rising Tides, Chapter 11. In the dark, while an owl still hooted, Ethan shifted, easing out from under the arm Grace had wrapped around his chest. In response, she snuggled closer. The gesture made him smile. Are you getting up? She asked in a voice that was muffled against the shoulder. I've got to. It's after five already. You could smell the rain on the air. Hear it coming in the rising wind. I'm going to get a shower. You go back to sleep. She made a sound that he took her incentive and burrowed into the pillow. He moved lightly through the dark, though he had to check himself a couple of times on the way to the bathroom. He didn't know her house as well as his own. He waited until he was inside before turning on the lights so the backwash of it wouldn't spill into the hall and disturb her. The room was scaled to match the rest of the house, so small he could have stood in the center and touched each side wall with his hands. The tiles were white, the walls above them... Papered in thin candy stripe, he knew she'd hung the paper herself. She rented from Stuart Claremont, and the man wasn't known for his generosity of his sense of decor. He had a grin at the orange-filled rubber duck nested on the side of the tub. One sniff at the soap made him realize why Grace always smelled faintly of lemons. While he appreciated the fragrance on her, he hoped sincerely that Jim wouldn't notice the citrus scent on him. He ducked his head under what he thought of a piss trickle of a spray. She needed a new shower head, he decided, and as he rubbed a hand over his face, noted that he needed a shave. Bolts would have to wait. It was likely not now that things had changed, but it was likely that now that things had changed between them, she would let him take care of a few things around the house for her. she always been so blessed and stubborn About accepting help, it seemed to him that even a proud woman like Grace would be less stiff about taking help from a lover than a friend. That's what they were now, Ethan reflected. No matter how many promises he made to himself, it would end with one night. Neither of them was built that way and had as much to do with heart as it did with loins. Taking a step and that step involved commitment. That's what worried him most. He would never be able to marry her, have children with her. She would want more children. She was fine. She was too fine a mother, had too much love to give, not to want them. Aubrey deserved brothers or sisters. There wasn't any point in thinking about it, he reminded himself. Things were the way things were, right now he had a right and a need to live in the moment. They would love each other as much as they could for as long as they could. That would be enough took him barely five minutes to discover that Grace's hot water heater was as small as the rest of the house. Even the miserable trickle of water turned cool and cold before he managed to rinse away all the ladder. Cheap bastard, he muttered, thinking of Claymore. switched off the spray and wrapped one of the bright pink towels around the waist. He intended to go back and dress in the dark, when he opened the door, he could see the light from the kitchen and hear Grace's still sleepy husky voice singing, about finding love just in the nick of time. While the first drops of rain pattered across the windows, he stepped into the scent of bacon frying and coffee brewing. The sight of Grace wrapped up in a short cotton rope the the collar of spring leaves, his heart gave such a hard bounce of joy he was surprised he didn't simply lean out of his throat and lay quivering in her hands. He moved quick and quiet so that when he wrapped his arms around her, pressed his lip to the top of her head, she jolted in surprise. I told you to go back to sleep. She leaned back against him, closing her eyes and absorbing the loving throw thrill of a kitchen embrace. I wanted to fix you breakfast. <laughs> you don't have to do things like that, he turned around. I don't expect things like that. You need your rest. I wanted to do it. <laughs> his hair was dripping, his desk gleaming with wet, sparkling gush of lust, both Aladdin and chocolate. Today's special. I appreciate it. He bent, intending to give her one soft morning kiss, but it deepened, lengthened, until she was on her toes, straightened against him. He had to pull himself back, block up the Russian knee to tug off the robe and take her. The bacon's gonna burn, he murmured, and this time pressed his lips to her forehead. I'd better get dressed. She turned the bacon briskly to give him time to cross the room. Anna had been right, she'd thought, about having power. Ethan. Yeah. I've got an awful lot of need for you, stored up. She glanced over her shoulder, and her smile was I hope you don't mind. The blood danced gleefully out of his head. She wasn't just flirting. She was challenging. He had a feeling that she knew she'd already won. The only safe answer he could think of was grunt. before he retreated to the bedroom. He wanted her. Grace did a quick dance and spin. They've made love three times. Three beautiful, glorious times during the night. Slept wrapped around each other, and he still wanted her. It was the most beautiful morning of her life. It rained all day. The water was rough as the tongue of a shrew, and just a light lead of a lash. Ethan fought to keep the boat on course and was glad he hadn't let the boy come with him. He and Jim had worked in worse, but he imagined Seth would have spent a good portion of the day hung over the rail. But foul weather couldn't spoil his mood. He whistled even as rain slapped his face and the boat pitched under him like a radio bronc. Jim eyed him sideways a few times. He worked with Ethan long enough to know the boy was the friendly, good-natured sort. But a whistling fool he wasn't. He smiled to himself as he hauled up another pot. Looked like the boy did something more energetic than reading in bed last night, if you ask him. About time to You asked him by his reckoning. Ethan Quinn was round about thirty years of age. A man should oughta, a man ought to be settled down with a wife and kids by that time in life. A waterman was better off going home to a hot meal in a warm bed. Good woman helped you through, gave you direction, cheered you up when the bay got stingy. As God knew it could, he wondered who this particular woman might be. Not that he stuck his nose in other people's business. He minded his own and expected his neighbors to do the same. But a man had a right to a little curiosity and about things. He pondered on how to bring the subject around when under-the-limit she-crab found a tiny hole in his glove and snap before he could toss her back. Little witch, he said with a wits, but without much heat. Did you get you? Yeah, Tim watched her splash back into the woods. I'll be back for you before the season's over. Looks like you need new gloves there, Jim. The wife's picking me up some today. He shoved us on. Owl wives they use for bait in the trap. Sure helps mates to know you got a woman to do for you some. Mm-hmm. Ethan shoved the steering stick with one hand, picked up the gaff with the other. Time to chop in the distance. Man spends the day working on the water, it's comfort to know whose woman's waiting for him. Oh, surprised that they were having a conversation. He said nodded, I suppose we'll just finish up this lunch and then head in. Jim curled the next pot, let the silence settle between them. A few girls were having what Jim thought of a pissy match overheard screaming and diving and threatening each other over loose fish pots. You know me and Bess, we've been married thirty years come next one. So he's a man, a woman does. Wait too long to marry though. He, Get set in your ways, I guess. Been around 30 now, wouldn't you, Captain? That's right. Don't want to get set in your ways. I'll keep that in mind. Ethan told him to shut off the go. Jim merely sighed and gave up. When Ethan wandered into the boatyard, Kim was at the skill saw, and three young boys were standing standing in the hall or pretending to. You hired a new crew, he then said a Simon trotted over to investigate. Cam glanced to where Seth chattered away with Danny and Will Miller. He gave some out of my hair. Give up crabs today. Cooled in enough. pulled out a cigar and lit it while he gazed thoughtfully out the open corridors. doors. Rain's coming down pretty hard. Tell me about it. Cam's hitting the cruising scowl toward the streaming, streaming windows. That's why those three were in my hair. The little one, I'm talking to your ears, but if you don't have the others doing something to keep them busy they make trouble out of thin air, well, Ethan puffed out smoke. Watch the kids and Simon. Send Simon into ecstasy with rough props and r- r- scratches. At the rate they're growing, we'll have the whole sanded down in 10 or 20 years. That's something we have to talk about, hiring on those kids for the next two decades. No work. It was a good time as any. Take a breath. Cam stomp, stooped and pumped iced tea out of the cooler. I got a call from Todd Barnett this morning. A friend of yours who's wanting a fishing boat. That's right. Now Barnett and I go back a ways. He knows what I can do. He offer you another race. He had Cam use cut the dust in his throat with the sweet tea, turning down at Stone, but the sing had eased more quickly this time around. I made a promise here. I'm not breaking it. Ethan tucked a hand in his back pocket, looked toward the boat. This place, this business, had been his dream, not Cam's, not Phil's. I didn't mean it that way. I guess I know what you put away to pull this off. We needed it. Yeah, but you're the only one who's given up anything to make it happen. I haven't bothered to thank you for it, I'm sorry for that. Ethan bit every bit as uncomfortable as his brother Cam said at the boat. I'm not exactly suffering here. The business is gonna help us get permanent guardianship Seth, And it's satisfying on its own account. Of course, Phil's bitching about our cash flow every time you turn around <laughs> That's his strength. Bitching? He's in grand around the cigar claim dynasty. Yeah, and cash flows. You and me we can never pull this off without him nagging on us about the details. <laughs> We may have more for him to nag about. That's what I started to tell you. Barnett has a friend who's interest in, interested in a custom catboat. He wants fast and he wants pretty, fitted out and sailed by March. He's a frowned, or timetables in his hand. It's going to take us another seven or eight weeks to finish this one. And that puts us into end of August, beginning of Secretary. secretary. September, calculating, he leaned back against the wood bench, his eyes narrowed against the smoke, and we got the sports fisher. I can't see us finishing off before January, and that's pushing. That that doesn't give us enough time to deliver. No, not the way things are. I can give it full time, and after crab season's over, I imagine you'll put in more hours here and isn't what it was, but you have to decide if you can juggle more time off the water, Ethan. And in here, he knew what he was asking. Ethan didn't live on the water. Just live on the water. He lived for it. Philip's Phillip, going to have to ha- make some hard decisions for, for much longer, too. We're not going to have the cash to hire on laborers for a while yet. He blew out Unless we count on a couple of kids. This friend of Barnett's isn't ready to commit. He's going to come down and take a look at the place and us. What we got here. Figure we'd make sure Phillips around us. we talk him into a contract and a deposit. Ethan hadn't expected it to happen so soon. Have one dream grow and steal from the other. He thought of the chill winter months spent dredging the rise and fall of the skipjack. But the hard crop chopped along often... Frustrating search for oysters, for rockfish, for a living a nightmare for some, he spoke, but open glory for him it took the time to look around the building. The boat nearly finished, waiting for willing and able hands under the hard overhead lights. Such drawings were framed in the wall and spoke of dreams and sweat. Tools still shining under a coat of dust, silent waiting, the boats by Quentin. he news. if you want to grab a hold of one thing, you have to let go of another. I'm not the only one who can captain the workboat or the skipjack, so both the questions, the understanding, in Cam's eyes and the phone. It's just juggling time where it needs to be spent most. Yeah, I guess I could work up a design for a cat. Can you explain to your daughter, and have uh, said so do the drawing. Can't laugh at We all have our strengths, pal. Or is it yours? I'll think about it, Ethan said. We'll see what happens next. Good enough, so. How'd the recipe exchange go? Ethan ran his tongue around the incentive. I'm gonna have a talk with your wife about that. Be my guest. Smiling, Cam blocked the cigar from Ethan's fingers. The trio of Caleb. You look relaxed today, Ethan. I'm relaxed enough, he said, and I think you might have seen. Fit to mention to me that Anna had some plot to improve my sex life for me. I might have, if I'd known about it. Then again, since your sex life needed some improvement, I might not. On impulse, Cam grabbed Nathan in a headlock. Because I love you, man. He only left when the oval pillowed into his stomach. See, it even improved the reflexes. Ethan shifted, and he was waiting for some position. You're right. He said another is not cool. Sorry, on the top of Cam's head for good measure. Since it was his night to cook, he had added an egg to a bowl of ground beef. He didn't mind cooking. It was just one of those things he did to get through. He harbored a small, selfish, and purely corvigerous hope that Anna will take over the kitchen duties as a woman of the house. She squashed that hope like a bug. Of course, having her around did spread out the chore. The worst of it, as far as he was concerned, was figuring out the menu It was a different cult from cooking. It was different from cooking for him, so he learned quickly enough that when he cooked for a family, everybody was not critic. What is that, Seth what said the man when he's into oat oatmeal and the meatloaf? Looks like crap to me. Why can't we have pizza? Because we're having meatloaf. <laughs> Seth made a gagging sound as Ethan dumped some tomato soup into the mix. Gross, I'd rather eat dirt. There's plenty of it outside. Chef shifted from foot to foot, rose up to his toes to get a closer look at the bowl. Rain was driving him crazy. There was nothing to do. He was starving to death. He had six million mosquito bites, and there was nothing. But Kid brought in news on TV. When he listened, listed this literary of complaints. He said, go bug Cam. Cam had told him, go bug Ethan. That's new from our experience. That took much longer bug Ethan than Cam. How come you put all that crap in there if it's called meatloaf? So it doesn't take little crap when you eat it, <laughs> so it doesn't look like crap when you eat it, I bet it does, for Katie only m- months before had known where his new meal was, his next meal was just coming from Ethan thought darkly Seth had gotten mighty particular, and sit instead of saying so, he was single sharp dart, Cam's cooking tomorrow, oh man, poison, Seth rolled his eyes dramatically, grabbed his stardom, staggered around the room, Ethan might have been mildly amused if the dogs hadn't gotten into the act. By scrambling and barking wildly. Wow, by the time Anna walked in, Ethan had the meat from the oven and was an aspirin into his car. Hi, Mrs. Roll Traffic was filthy. She raised an eyebrow at Ethan. Down the close. Hello, car. All day rain can sure give you one. This one's name said, Oh, who concerned? She poured herself a glass of wine and afraid to listen. There's bound to be periods of stress and difficulties. He has tremendous amounts to go for comfort. His belligerence is a defense. <laughs> Did nothing but complain for the last hour. My ears are still ringing. Doesn't want meatloaf. <laughs> Ethan muttered. and snagged a beer from the bridge. Why can't we have pizza? <laughs> he ought to be grateful somebody's put food in his belly. Said he's saying it looks like crap and will likely taste worse. And he gets the dogs all fired up so he can't even work in peace for five damn minutes. That's something. He ought to be grateful if somebody's putting food in his belly instead he's saying it looks like crap and will likely taste worse. Then he gets the dogs all fired up so I can't even work in peace for five damn minutes. It's. He trailed off, silly eye, when he saw him. He's just for you to be amused by it. I am. I'm sorry, but I'm even more pleased. Oh, Ethan, it's a wonderful, normal. He's behaving just like an anno- annoying 10 year old after a rainy day. A couple of months ago, he'd been spent that time soaking in a room instead of giving you a headache. It's such a tremendous progress. Progress into a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes, he felt these usual glad fingers. Isn't it marvelous? He must have been really annoyed if it was enough to try your unflappable patience. At this rate, he'll be a terror by Christmas. And that's a good thing. Yes, he did. I've worked with children who haven't faced nearly then. Misery, Seth has, and it can take them so much longer to us. Yes. Even with counseling. you and Cameron Phillips have been what, done wonders for Seth. Cool enough, he's in such a You had a hand in it. Yes, I did, which makes me as happy as a, a professional level as I am on a personal one. And To prove it, I'll give you a hand with dinner, So saying. She shrugged out her jacket and ran her this. What did you have in mind to go with the meatloaf? Landon was taking some potatoes in the microwave because it didn't require any fussing. Maybe digging some frozen peas out, but I thought maybe some of those cheesy noodles you make would go nice as a side dish. The Alfredo cholesterol city added to meatloaf, but what the hell? I'll fix them. Why don't you sit down until the headache passes? Already oh, yeah, had, but it seems smarter not to mention it. He sat, prepared to enjoy his beer and fix his sister in law's wagon. Oh. Grace said, I should thank you for the recipe. She'll let you know how it turns out for her. Oh, turned into hotter satisfied smile and a roof neighbor. Yeah, I got the fried chicken. Chicken makings for you. Stuck it in the cookbook. He held his own smile with his beard when he heard her head shiver. You, oh, well. I have given it to you last night, but it was late when I got back. And you were in bed, I ran in the gym when I left Grace's. Jim's puzzled annoyance showed clearly on her face. I went over to his place to help him clean up this outboard that's been giving him trouble. You were at Jim's last night? Later than I meant to, but there's a ball game on. The hose are playing out in California. She could have cheerfully smashed him over the head with his own beer bottle. You spent last night working on an engine and watching a ball game. Yeah, he said. Like I said, I got in kind of late, but it was a hell of a game. She jumped out of breath, yanked open the refrigerator to get out. cheese and the men she muttered all of them idiots. What's that? Nothing. Well, I hope you had to find time watching your baseball game while Grace was home alone, miserable. I can't remember enjoying myself more. One extra innings. Steve was good enough, now, just couldn't help it. She looked so flustered and furious and was trying desperately to hide it. Well hot damn few minutes she shifted to get the fettuccine out of the cupboard and saw his face. She turned slowly, holding the package up. You didn't come over to Jim's and watch a ball game last night Didn't I? He lifted a bro, glanced stopped fully at his beard and said, You know, come to think of it, you're right. That was some other time. You were a grace. Where was I Oh Ethan, With a clinch thinks she slowed the package down. You're making me crazy. Where Where were you last night? You know, I don't believe anyone's asked me that since my mother died. I'm not trying to cry. Oh, you're not. All right, all right, I'm trying to try, and you're making it impossible to be subtle about it. He leaned back in his chair, studied her. He liked her, almost from the first, even when she made him uneasy. Wasn't it funny, he mused. He realized that sometime over the last few weeks he had come to love her, which meant that teasing her was, well, required. You're not asking me if I spent the night in Grace's bed, are you? No, no, of course not. She snatched up the pasta and set it down. Not exactly. Were the candles her idea or yours? Anna decided it was a good time to get out of the skillet. She just might need a weapon. Did they work? Yours. I imagine. Probably the dress, too. Grace's mind doesn't work that way. She's not what you call sneaky. Anna at home to make her cheese sauce. It was sneaky. Underhanded meddling to send me over there that way. I know it, but I'd do it again. More skillfully next time. She promised herself. You can be annoyed with me all you want, Ethan, but I've never seen anyone more in need of some meddling. You're a pro at it. I mean, being a social worker, you make a living meddling people's lives. I'd help people who need it, she said, right up the skillet. God knows you did. She yelped when his hand dropped on her shoulder. She half expected him to give her a quick shake, so when he kissed her cheek, she could only blink at it. I appreciate it. You do? Not that I I care to have you do it again, but this once, I appreciate it. She makes you happy. Everything inside Anna's house. I can see it. We'll see how long I can make her happy. Ethan, let it stand. He kissed her again as much as warming his affection. We'll take it a day at a time for a while. All right, Buttersmile Smile. Grace is working at the pub tonight, isn't she? Yeah, and just so you don't have to bite your tongue and half, keep from asking. I'm thinking of going by for a while after dinner. Good. More than satisfied Anna got to work. Then we'll eat soon. End <laughs> of chapter 11.